Well, it's just hard to even know how many people I'm speaking to right now because not only is there a house full here at the North Hills campus of the Hills Church, there are people at South Lake campus who are listening. There are people at a West Fort Worth campus listening, and then people online literally from around the world. So wherever you are, Merry Christmas, and thank you during this very busy season for choosing to spend some time together with us. This is one of my favorite services of the year. I look forward to it literally all year long. In fact, I love the Christmas season, and one reason is because of the heightened sense of expectation that just comes with it. The children are expecting Santa to come tomorrow, and families are expecting to spend time with their loved ones. And most of us are expecting to eat way too much and to enjoy every bite of it. And many of us expect every year around this time we're going to be in a service just like this. And I love it. Right now, I am exactly where I want to be. See, a sign that you know somebody is that you know where you could expect to find them. See, if you know me very well, you're not surprised to see me at a church building. You would expect to see a pastor there. But if you really know me well, you would expect to find me on a golf course. Or you would expect to find me at a pizza buffet. Or you would expect to find me in front of my TV if the Cowboys were playing. Even though I know they're going to rip my heart out and stomp on it like they do every year. If you know someone, you know where you can expect to find them. And the reverse is true. If you know someone, you should know where you would never expect to find them. So, for example, if you know me, you know you will never find me in an elf suit. Okay? That's not going to happen. Maybe youth ministers do that kind of thing, but no respectable minister ever would, okay? If you know me, you know, as much as I love young people, I'm never going to become hipster Rick, okay? (laughs) Now, if you love tats and skinny jeans, I love it that you do, and that's your thing. That's never going to be my thing. That would be a bad look. If you know me, you know you will never find me at a rattlesnake roundup, okay? I hate snakes because God does. And you're not going to ever find me at a tractor pull or a monster truck rally. And for sure, you are never, ever going to find me at a boy band concert, okay? (laughs) I'm just not going to go there. And most of all, if you know me, you know you will never expect to find me on my couch cuddled up with my favorite cat. Okay, that's not going to happen. In fact, you won't find me in that shirt either. And no offense if you're wearing that shirt, but let us pray for you before we leave tonight. Okay, so if the people of God for centuries were expecting their Messiah to come, why did they miss it? They were expecting God to send the Savior. And when He appeared, they totally missed the big news. Why didn't they recognize the birth of the King they were expecting? 
Well, it's because even though they expected Christ's coming, He didn't come as they expected. They were expecting extraordinary, not ordinary. After all, that's how the high and mighty do things. I I saw an article recently about where famous people have their babies. Not in hospitals like most of us went to to have children. Uh, When uh, Beyonce wanted to have her baby, she went to the Lenox Hospital where you get your own uh, uh, masseuse, you get manicures, you get pedicures, you get your own kitchenette. When Gwyneth Paltrow went to Mount Sinai Hospital because of the hardwood floors and the, the Italian tile in the bathrooms. But if you really want to go upscale, have your baby at Matilda Hospital in Hong Kong. Now, it's nicer than any resort you've ever been to. But you have to get your reservation in seven months prior with a $20,000 down payment. See, that's what we expect of the really important But the important message of Christmas is not just that Jesus came our way. It's the way he came. He didn't come high and mighty. It says, while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to have her baby. And she gave birth to her first son. And because there was no room left in the inn, she wrapped the baby with pieces of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. That was the last place anyone was expecting to find the Son of God. Nobody was expecting that deity would wrap himself in humanity. Nobody was expecting that the Almighty would come so vulnerable and weak and dependent. Nobody was expecting the one who made everything would make himself poor. That the extraordinary would come in such an ordinary way. In short, nobody was expecting God to be so humble. And it's frankly why all the other world religions reject Jesus as Messiah. Because no one expects God to do it like that. But his birth, it wasn't just the end of his not meeting everybody's expectations. It was just the beginning. You read the Gospels, and Jesus is constantly defying expectations. You got someone like that in your life? They were constantly surprising you with what they might do or not do next. Like the story of the young man that took his date home, for the, and he wanted to kiss her goodnight. He went in and leaned over her, put his hand up against the wall of the porch, and she said, no, no. Why not? Well, my dad might catch us. He's asleep. Yeah, but I'm afraid. But no one's going to catch us. But no, please don't. And this went on for a couple of minutes. And finally, the front door opened. And a little sister said, Dad says either kiss him or don't kiss him. But tell him to take his hand off the intercom button. Okay, so (laughs) you you have those moments in your life where someone says or shows and you think, I wasn't expecting that. That's what it was like constantly if You followed Jesus. The first place he shows up as an adult in the Gospels is at a river to get baptized. His first appearance as an adult was the last place his cousin John expected to find him. John's out there baptizing people to get right with God. He says, what are you doing here? 
You don't need to get right with God. But the very first thing Jesus did publicly was identify with the people who least expected it. He kept doing stuff like that. He'd go into Gospels. He'd show up at a party no one would expect he'd go to. Or eat with a sinner no one expected he'd eat with. Or just hang out with the kind of people no one expected God to hang out with. See, no one expected a holy God would touch a leper. Or let a prostitute touch him. Nobody expected a holy God would join a crowd of tax collectors or invite a fisherman with anger issues to join his crowd. But Jesus wouldn't live by other people's expectations of who God ought to love. If Jesus' teaching could be summed up in one sentence, it would be this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God doesn't love some like you would expect. God doesn't love the good like you might expect. God doesn't love the special like you might expect. God loves the world. God loves whoever. And we're all citizens of Whoville. And we can expect eternal life because of a death nobody expected. Because the very last place anybody ever expected to find God was on a cross. You see, the Bible says sinners should expect to die. Because sin cuts you off from God, and God is the source of all life. So if you're cut off from the source of all life, what's going to happen? And we've all sinned. And that's why I can't die for your sins. I've got my own sins to deal with. Here's what we need. We need to find a sinless person who could die for us. Where are we going to find a perfect person? Where you would never expect it. In a manger. And on a cross. So there was an author named Nabil Qureshi. Raised Muslim, converted to faith in Christ. Having a conversation with a dear friend of his named Sahar, a committed Muslim. And and her big problem with Jesus was not what he taught or how he lived. It was what he claimed. That he was God in the flesh. She said to Nabil, I can't go there. It is beneath the dignity of God to pass through the birth canal of a woman. It is beneath the dignity of God to... Go to the bathroom? Nabil says, Sahar, if you're going to a very, very nice party and you were dressed in your nicest clothes and right as you got there, you saw your daughter and she was drowning in a pool of mud. Would you appear at the party uh, perfect or would you throw off those clothes and go jump in and save her? I would go save my daughter. Would you send someone else or would you go do it yourself? I would go do it myself. He says, Sahar, If you would lay aside your dignity to save your child, then why would not God, if he is a loving father, lay aside his majesty to come save you? Those were the words that caused her to come to faith in Christ. Here's what the Bible says. This is how God showed his love to us. 
He sent His one and only Son into the world so that we could have life through Him. He sent His Son to die in our place to take away our sins. And yet, even His death was not the most unexpected thing Jesus did. So they took Him down from that cross. They put His dead, cold body in a tomb. They didn't have time to put the spices on it, so three days later, they went to go do that. And guess what? Jesus wasn't where they expected. He did it again. You see, Christmas is when Jesus walked into a womb that said, no entrance. And Easter is when Jesus walked out of a tomb that said, no exit. There's a legend that the centurion at the cross of Jesus was named Longinus. Pilate's wife, who the gospel says was very nervous about crucifying Jesus, was named Procula. And she called Longinus to her quarters and asked how he died. And she, he told her. And then she said, do you think he's really dead? He said, no, my lady, I do not. Then where is he? He said, let loose on the world, my lady, where neither Jew or Roman can stop his truth. And that's the promise of Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. And here's the thing. Christ still appears where we least expect it. For 2,000 years, Jesus had been showing up at the most unexpected times, in the most unexpected situations, bringing hope to the most unexpected people. He's been in cancer wards and in refugee camps and in prison cells and in rehab centers. I've even seen him many times in church. You just never know where you might find Jesus. And when it comes to who Jesus can reach, I'm learning to expect the unexpected. We have missionaries at our church that we support working with refugees who are fleeing the wars of the Middle East. And they tell the most amazing stories of Jesus doing the most unexpected things things. One recently told me about Ali. He was a Kurd from Syria. He fled the wars there. He was constantly having demons speak to him. He went to his imam and the imam says that happens all the time. They're trying to talk you Muslims out of your faith. That didn't satisfy him because he knew some Syrian Christian refugees and they followed Jesus and they didn't have demons speaking to them all the time. So he began to read his Bible and pray to Jesus, and the demons started leaving him alone. And he approached our missionary saying, I want to be baptized and follow this Jesus that the demons obey. And then there's the woman from Afghanistan. And she came to our missionary and she said, okay, don't think I'm weird, but I'm asleep and I have a dream. And in my dream, there's a fire, and out of the fire comes a man dressed in white, and he says to me, stop doubting and believe that I am alive and that I died for you. 
I need to know who that is. And there are stories like that all over the world. Jesus is constantly showing up where he's not expected, reaching the people you would never expect him to reach. Why should we be surprised that Kanye has found Jesus? I totally expect he would reach the person you would least expect to be reached. See, this is not just theology to me. This is my story. Two generations ago, on either side of my family, you could find just one Christian. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My other grandfather never went to church. Go to Central Texas and ask anybody if Jimmy and Archie's grandson would be a pastor someday. They would have laughed. My grandfather, Archie, accepted Christ when he was 56. He was the last person anyone expected would ever do that. I'm standing here today because I serve a Christ that can reach the least expected. And my grandfather passed away on Christmas Day. And so every year on Christmas Day, I take a moment and I think about him. And I thank Jesus. I thank Jesus for coming to the people that no one expected. With the best news we could ever expect. You see, the last thing we expected is the first thing that Christmas declares. That God wants our messed up, jacked up, screwed up lives. That's good news. And one sign that you really know somebody is that you know where you can expect to find them. And I've learned that I can expect to find Jesus in the darkest places, ready to help anybody who wants some light. That's what John said. Light has come into the world, and this light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And so every year at this service, we join with Christians around the world, and we light candles. It's a beautiful tradition. Very, very lovely. But that's not why we do it. No, when I, when I light my candle, I'm not just observing a tradition. I'm making a statement. This candle gives a witness to the future I expect. I expect because Jesus has come that someday love is going to conquer hate, that good is going to overpower evil, that justice is going to prevail, that peace is going to reign all over the earth. I expect that what Jesus has started cannot be stopped. And we expect Jesus to come again. And when he comes again, nobody is going to miss it. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And Jesus is going to take his place on the throne. And you're going to say, that's exactly where I expected he would be. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to light our candles together.
as a statement of faith that King Jesus is the future we expect. And so, God, we pray now in the powerful name of Jesus that you would lift our eyes, lift our hearts, lift our faith to see what we can expect. That what Jesus started will not be stopped. That the one who came is coming. That light is going to conquer darkness. Love is going to conquer hate. Good is going to conquer evil. Peace is going to reign. And every knee is going to bow. That's what we're saying, God, when we light these candles. That's the future we expect. To the glory of Jesus. Amen.